dead bod rap pod three times nerdy in the building <laughs> nice you were saving that one that's I, i've good. been that's, that's been <laughs> that's been on ice for a little bit but yeah uh damone carter uh aka dem one in here with david ma and nate leblanc how's it going guys yeah, it's going okay. I've been listening to the Cutso episode a lot because it's good and it's Paulo and people keep wanting to talk to me about it. And that little riff at the beginning where you guys, I, I say, I'm good. And then you guys all go, eh. <laughs> it was so funny, dude. Uh, We're just making dude. monosyllabic kind totally. of like, it's More appropriate for today, post-election. Oh, yeah, my God, The dude. flaccid remains of democracy um, kind of just flopping around today. Gains were made. But we have so much work to do. Right. The country is fucked up right now, dude. Yeah. Racism hot in these streets. Yes. <laughs> Just killing it. Like Master P, 98. Trump's popping out the No Limit Tank. Oh, man. I don't ever want anyone to say, like, whose president doesn't matter again. Like, it's just, it's, <laughs> it proves beyond right. a shadow of a doubt that these sentiments flow from the top. Oh, and for if, sure. If the president is racist, everyone thinks it's okay to be racist because, right, like, right. he's the president. Yeah. He's the he's the guy, right? That's well, the that's the only trickle down theory I believe in. Exactly, you know I mean? exactly. Yeah. Ideas, perhaps. Economics, definite not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think you know. Let's let's give credit where it's due. America been hella racist. I think he's just <laughs> he's singing the hits, man. Okay. He's bringing out the the real straight talk that uh. So I think some folks have been waiting on right. For this a is long a time. pet theory of mine. I prefer what I would call a West Coast or a, a like a Northern style racism, where you pretend you're not. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm used to a polite racism, <laughs> not Lord. not this like fucking mercy. like virulent right. racism, where like people are getting yelled at in road rage incidents and like right. told to speak English in the store, and yeah. just yeah. people have no shame right well, now. Yeah, and, and what I you do in your own home, it's not like I think you should, but I don't. Right. It's, I don't really totally. care. Totally. I care about civility. Right. Well, yeah. quit being so emboldened. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Like, we're in Safeway right now. Yeah. You know? I don't <laughs> know. I, I think. I think it would take three or four people just getting slapped. No. Totally, I think. Totally, I think we're totally. just. We're a little bit uh, short of. Uh, of. I mean, you could talk about civility, but I think at the at the core of it is, you know. I like to know who people are. Like my as a person Same. of color, microaggressions are hella frustrating. Right. Like, right, dude, right. you just called me Dion. Oh, totally. I didn't mean anything by that. No, motherfucker, you called me Dion. Right. Like, <laughs> my name. There's no right. You right. know. So I. Uh, Our experiences with this are very different. I completely recognize. Ebony and <laughs> Um But you know, no, it was cool. It was cool. Look, I'm I'm one of those people that's like. Um, I try not to get emotionally invested in the shit too tight because, um, you know, you can't vote out racism. Racism going to be here tomorrow, the day after that. Uh, and, you know, the, the elections are, are cool. I went to the polling place. There's like mad people. It's like the club up in there. I was like, was damn, there a lot of people at yours? Damn, democracy. Yeah. I was alone. Same too. Same too. Which really? is good to see. Yeah, yeah I, was by my, see. I was literally by myself uh, in there. There's like. 10 old ladies trying to help me put my mail-in ballot through the slot. Dude, aren't those <laughs> an interesting bunch of people, the poll workers? Every year, me and my wife are like elbowing each other. Look at this. Oh, totally. Look at this guy. Look at this no, guy. Totally. No, it's kind of like carnies, baby. Like, <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's, it's the, democracy's the carnies. carnies that aged out of the carnival. They're like, hey, play this game. Ah. Yeah, it's non-meth carnies. And, and we really appreciate that here on the Dead Bod Rap Pod where – uh, we've been casting our vote for dopeness um, for shit, man. This is we're almost at fifty shows. That's crazy. 
um, in our first year of existence as I break my arm patting myself on the back. <laughs> nice. um, congrats, folks. And we are going to take a little break at the holidays. Are we, Nate? We need to Nate, regroup a little bit. Nate is and a fucking corporatist. To, uh... He's like, you get 10 days off and you get right back in there <laughs> and you talk about rap, goddammit. Take it. a couple of days and weeks to like re- refocus and... Find yeah. the inspiration again for thank some you, of us. Thank you, Bezos. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I can see that. I, I, you know, we need a little recalibration. And here give and there. people a break from us. Oh, yeah. If we don't go away, they can't miss us. A, a little bit, a little bit, a but little we, bit. we've got a. We I actually got, got an email from Apple today. Not to cut you off, but yeah. I just remembered this. They're like, you know, when you're submitting things, it's going to take longer during the holidays. Shut the which, fuck up. Really? There's, on, a, there's a person on the other end of this when Get you the submit the RSS here. feed. No, it's not. It's a glowing apple. They will be on vacation. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, hey, I'm all for people getting vacations. Um, I don't believe Apple employs real people, but it's fine. <laughs> um, the Apple bot needs a vacation. We, we got some dope episodes coming up uh, to the end of the year, um, coming very soon after this, depending on how you listen to these things. We'll be doing our year end list. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of dope stuff lined up. Um, but today is no different. We're not quite at the end of the year. Are we making a cutoff on on 2018 entries i'm thinking like the know. 15th is the last because uh oh boy uh anderson's record is going to come out mm. and i want to call that an 18 record is that okay i don't know i, I think it will leave it up to the dude to decide like i really want to include something from the be- end of last year and i probably will because like who's checking right, right uh, one right, of my right. favorite things dave says especially when we're discussing our written work he's like we the editors dog <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We don't have to check with anyone. Yeah. There's no, there's no uh, committee uh, vetting right. our year end list. We're it's it's like the Apocalypse Now episode. Yeah, Who's in totally. charge? <laughs> We're the People's Republic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the People's Republic of Hip Hop is here. Um, and we're going to have an interview coming up with Sean Sotero, who um, kind of quarterbacked this amazing list of the greatest rapper, uh, greatest rapper. Greatest producer alive um, every year since '79 for Complex. Yeah. Huge feat. Yeah, it's it's a super comprehensive thing. Very thoughtful. Google what I just said, but correct it. Greatest producer alive. Um, it's an amazing list, and so we're gonna go from this into our interview with Sean Sotero, who put together this list, which we've applauded and skewered. Would and- you say he was the producer? This oh. list. In, uh, in the puffy sense, yeah. yes, yes, uh, yes, it was it was himself and a in a lot of uh, contributors from kind of the complex universe. Yeah. Uh, Oliver Wang's on here, um, a couple other cats you would you would recognize. So um, this is our interview with him. He was kind enough to talk to us as he Live walked from around Times Square, Times Square, right, yeah, right, which is that's that's huge. Um, it's like, oh, we're in my living room, so that's pretty cool too. <laughs> right, right. Podcasting um, about podcasts. Yes. He's a, he's a podcat. <laughs> he, is, he is a podcat and was, was kind enough to, to talk to us about um, uh, putting this list together and kind of some of the arguments that have already kind of spawned off of it. So without further ado, here is our interview with Sean Sotero.
Dead Bod Rap Pod back once again. Uh, we have an incredible guest with us today. Uh, he goes by the name of Sean Sotero, uh, acclaimed writer, podcast host, and one of the creators of the greatest producer alive list, which is super, super duper juicy. Uh, thanks for being on the show, man. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. So we wanted to kind of hear from you about the methodology that went into creating the list. Like it's, it's a huge undertaking. How did you guys kind of start and how did you put this together? Well, you may know that this is a producer centric version of a list complex put together in 2015, I believe of the best rapper alive every year since 1979. So the idea of doing a producer-centric version of that list, you know, predates even my time at Complex. It's been floating around for a while. And, you know, several months ago, there was kind of a, a mandate to actually get to work on it. Mm. And that meant, you know, a lot of meetings, <laughs> sometimes contentious staff meetings, okay. Okay. a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, me reaching out to people I knew and respected and, you know, getting their opinions and getting their takes on things and then kind of culling from there and, you know, going, spending a lot of time on Discogs. I mean, sure. a, a lot of time on Discogs, both okay. in the, in the uh, name gathering and uh, copy editing process. Okay. So shout shout out to Discogs. <laughs> if, any, if anyone from there is listening, you you uh, provide an invaluable service. Totally organizing the chaos of the record collecting world. Um, yeah, so- and and I guess just just to continue for one second, like it was it was um a bunch of different things came into consideration, right? Like at at a very basic level, this is subjective, right? What best means, and I, I tried to get at this in the intro, you know best in a given year is kind of this ineffable thing that has something to do with quality of work, has something to do with quantity, has something to do with uh, how a producer is perceived and, you know, chart, you know, sales and, and chart appearances and a general feeling of momentum, like, you know, factors weighed more or less heavily in, in different years, but it was, you know, in the end, a lot of factors came came into play, but it was, you know, to an extent, some somewhat of an ineffable like feeling around a person, you know, and all of those factors sort of played into that feeling. I think. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't want to jump ahead too much, but were, were sales weighted more heavily for the more recent uh, kind of entries because there's better information? I mean, it's not like there was a chart. Right. Right. Uh, we didn't have a spreadsheet where we said, oh, well, 20 percent of it is sales and here's what they oh, are. Sure, sure, okay. sure. And then in this year, I think as you go on, certainly, yes, you have you have a, a you know, certainly post sound scan, obviously, sure. you know, from the from the early 90s onwards, you have a better idea of sales. And, you know, I think in in. I don't know. I think everyone in their time was doing reasonably well commercially who made the list, but the, the scales change, right? You have someone uh, like, you know, the, the very first example, Sylvia Robinson was selling tens of thousands of records a day right. at yeah. her height. Uh, but 
rap as a whole was a pretty small market for a long time. And as time went on, sort of the, the commercial stakes got bigger and bigger. Mm. So, uh, you know, the names got bigger and bigger. Uh, you also have this thing in recent years where the producer is becoming the star. Yeah, right. Sure. Mm. Yep. So I think that that played into it as well, where you have someone like a Metro Boomin who mm. has a billboard in Times Square, you know, something <laughs> that would have been unthinkable for, you know, uh, a uh, the, the um, you know, the non performing members of the bomb squad. Let's say. <laughs> right. Sure. You right. know, I wonder if we'll come to think of this as the producer tag era. <laughs> I mean, you should copyright that. Right? <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> Hey, Sean, you mentioned um, a little bit of infighting, which I can only imagine um, it going down. What was the biggest point of contention, would you say, just amongst the writers and, you know, in the editing rooms? I would say one thing that comes to mind definitely is, you know, sometime in, you know, the 98, 99 period, uh, there were definitely people who wanted Manny Fresh to win. Right. Mm. one of those years <laughs> and i think he, i believe he was a runner-up in 98 uh and ultimately you know other the pull of of the no limit juggernaut in 1998 sort of won the day for beats mm. by the pound mm. um and manny did not win but yeah that was definitely a big big contentious one mm. yeah uh, i know that, over that here I in the rap the nerd discussion. corner of the world uh the primo not getting a single year has, just seems egregious but i know you guys had your reasons totally sean why yeah, do you I hate mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy <laughs> to talk kidding. about that i'm happy to talk about that i think we we covered that to an extent in the intro yeah. and i've talked i've talked about this with a lot of people many people far smarter than i am <laughs> um, but yeah i mean DJ Premier is by anyone's, you know, calculations, certainly mine, one of the greatest producers ever. But year by year is kind of a tricky thing. Right. Like I yep. don't I don't know if there was a year that you could say he dominated. You know, people right. have made strong arguments, including to me in public places about <laughs> nineteen ninety four. And it's it's not that they're wrong and he had a terrible year or he did not define his signature sound in that mm -hmm. year. Both of those things are true. But, you know, um, there were other things going on in music that year that ultimately, you know, we ended up weighting uh, more highly. And, and part of that is kind of a meta list discussion of like wanting, you know, different styles and regions reflected in the list as mm -hmm. well you sure. know like mm -hmm. i didn't you know i don't think anyone wanted the first 25 years of the list to only be people from the east coast for example right right right, right. so so i'll give you a, a a potential way to back out of the premier question and feel free to use this <laughs> um to me your list really reminds me of the nba mvp uh process where you know, not sure how much of a basketball fan you are, but you can make a solid argument that LeBron is the best every year that he played. But mm -hmm. it's almost like this idea of whose narrative kind of wins the day. We were talking uh, before we got on air about Steve Nash being a, a two-time um, MVP over Kobe, who was probably quantifiably a better player. But mm -hmm. in those two years, you know, he kind of had the zeitgeist of the moment and was, was kind of writing. 
I, I think that is a great comparison, and uh, I'll, I'll run it by, you know, the NBA folks I know, but I, I, I might just, if you hear that come out of my mouth, you know, <laughs> I'll, 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 try, I'll, I'll try to remember to give credit, but if I forget, please, you know. Uh, you know, smile and, and cut me some slack. Absolutely. All, all good. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering how long this took for you, like start to finish, like your boss tells you to do it to it's posted on the internet. How long did you guys work I, on this? Oh my goodness. I mean, I'd have to go back in my emails to, to see exactly, but it was many months. Yeah. It was a, you know, many months long process. And, you know, of course, not all of that time was it my main priority. And sometimes, you know, a, a week or two would slip by without doing anything on it or it would get you know it took time for all the art to get done uh, our fantastic illustrator show did a great job mm. so you know it took it took time for that and then to check the art and make sure all the people he drew were the right people and all <laughs> <that>. <laughs> we were talking about that it's like uh, very few google images for some of these folks in the early days yeah, I mean, it's funny because the, the Rocky Ford photo, uh, I, you know, I've met Rocky, I've interviewed him for my podcast, and the one photo that you can easily find of him is actually one I took. So it's, oh, from, funny. it's from, I don't know, two years ago. It's certainly not from uh, 1980. Right. So, you guys got to put that through so, the de-aging process. Right. So, this, so, this, so that picture was, you know, the artist doing, I think, a fantastic job of imagining, you know, my photo minus you know <laughs> 35 years or whatever it was um how's the how's the how has it been received i know you know people like us now want to talk to you about it so they you'd have to be doing something right but um how have you felt about uh you know its impact so far i i have been very happy with its impact uh you know like i said you know people have stopped me you know in person to talk about it or on the internet and basically you know if people have a big objection or two or five you know at first once it went out in the world i was very anxious and i wanted everyone to love everything but <laughs> you know with something this giant it actually makes me happy that there are points of contention because it means we made some choices that maybe were a little risky yeah. you know that it wasn't just literally the most conventional wisdom choice of Revered you know for, for every single year yeah, yeah mm -hmm. exactly yeah. that there was stuff that could be argued with. Uh, uh, when I was reading it back through today, I noticed you kind of assigned yourself a lot of the early years. Is that because that's where your area of focus is, or was it like how did how were those decisions made? Uh, part of it was who wanted to take stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, part of it was you know, so yeah. So part of it was volunteer. Part of it was assignment. Um, you know, it was kind of a mix of things. With some of the early years, uh, you know, I think like. I had an interest in them. I also mm -hmm. felt like it was, you know, interesting for me to learn and delve back in for some of the like runner up choices, the, the secondary and tertiary choices. Right. You know, I enjoyed really going back and figuring out, well, you know, I know Pumpkin's name and I've heard a bunch of music, but let's, you know, who was this guy exactly or right. whatever, you know? Right. Um, so I definitely enjoyed those challenges and felt like, you know, why not jump in there? Why not keep the kind of fun, engaging stuff, you know, for myself if I can? <laughs> and obviously some of our, you know, other staff members jumped in and, and some great freelancers as well. Nice. Hey, Sean, Which, you... you know, I was thrilled to get, you know, a lot of those people to jump in. You know, people I respect a great deal who 
you know, some of whom I asked, some of whom other staff members asked and, and who agreed to do it. Hey, Sean, you uh, mentioned your podcast earlier and then, you know, um, we're big fans. We, we check that stuff out. Um, I wanted to ask you of the people you interviewed, um, who were the few that struck you? Who are the few that, you know, you were kind of starstruck and just, you know, ultra wow. happy uh, to speak to? That is such a good question. And uh, I would say the, you know, a lot of the more starstruck stuff happened kind of early on, but mm. there are, there are definitely, you know, so some of the ones that stick out are maybe some of the first, you know, 30 or 40 episodes where it's people I had admired for years, mm -hmm. uh, their work and, and hadn't met, uh, people like Saul Williams or Jean mm. Grey or Boots Riley, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people whose work I admired. And then just, and then there's kind of another level of the, the sort of elder figures you know when i first uh interviewed abi odun oye wole of the last poets mm -hmm. or umar um you know that was just a sort of a whole other thing of this this whole kind of generation uh opening up got it um but yeah i mean there have been plenty of amazing experiences you know i think one i always like to mention from the cyphers archives is Allah b of the Allah school in mecca who i you know did not know that much about before, you know, talking to him, but turned out to be such an amazing person and gives such a vivid uh, history of, you know, New York City mm. in, you know, in the 60s uh, and, you know, and of the rise of, you know, the 5% the nation, Gods and Earth, mm. you know, of, of that movement, you know, from someone who literally knew the father knew the, the you know, right, the guy who right. founded it. Sure. And such so, an interesting tangential impact on hip hop and at times not tangential at all. <laughs> direct. Yeah. I mean, the, the vocabulary, you mm -hmm. know, of that, that has stuck around for decades, even, you know, the, you know, the, the B-boy stance even was mm. something they used to call standing on square or standing on mm. the square. Um, yeah. I mean, the impact goes, you know, really, really deep. In, in that respect. So, yeah, there have been a lot of really incredible uh, moments and people I was, you know, over the moon to meet. Absolutely. Uh, Slug was someone from Atmosphere who mm. I'd seen perform more than any other person just because a million years ago I was on the same package tour as him. So I'd watch him <laughs> perform every day. So just just by virtue of, you know, being on the same tour for two months, you know, you see him 20, 30 times or whatever. So, you know, there's plenty plenty of people i've been absolutely thrilled to to talk to so kind of riffing on that uh you created this ginormous kind of list right who are who are some of the producers that are like your faves that did not meet the rubric for for the producers list like who are your guys where you have to you know almost if you see them apologize that they didn't make the list <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I was ha I was happy the bomb squad made it, so I didn't yeah. so I didn't have to apologize <laughs> to them. I mean, I think you know, obviously, some of the ones I listed in the intro, you know, the kind of P Rock, large professor. I think I don't remember if I mentioned large professor specifically, but obviously him. You know, uh, Eric Sermon. I mm. I felt tremendously bad, and and you know, I woke up in a panic kind of the <laughs> night before it was published, and was like, shit, Eric Sermon didn't make the list. Like, how could that be? Uh, so, you know, 
Apologies. Um, yeah, I mean, there there are a whole whole lot of folks. I think, uh, you know, who I wish, you know, could have been included, and you know, were included in earlier versions of the list, or mm. or whatever. I think, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, so are, are you are you are you plugged in enough with kind of the current what's going on to maybe project who could be 2018 um best producer alive or is or is that kind of not in your purview anymore i mean i i try to for for work both work and and uh personal related reasons to to stay on top of it but you know i think there are uh i don't know if i'm the, the absolute best person but <laughs> i don't know i think i think uh you know there have been a lot of there's been just a lot of great music this year. I'm trying to think of maybe someone who had captured the the zeitgeist in a way. I, I might say Take Heath just off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah. Of the uh, producer tag era, Take Heath is <laughs> super heavy. Yes. 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 And I feel like he, you know, he's been around for several years, but in terms of sort of popular, certainly my consciousness and, and popular consciousness more generally, it seems like he kind of came out of nowhere. And now, you know, I think a whole lot of people are excited to, every time they hear that yeah. he is on a song. Right, right. <laughs> um, just to go back in time um, a little sure. bit, something that I learned from the list, and I really wish I had written it down so I could formulate this question properly, but you do a, you do a thing on the guy who produced The Message. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think he, because perhaps he didn't do enough other work or it's that's just thought of as a Grandmaster Flash or Melly Mel song, I don't think he gets enough credit. Can you kind of talk through a little bit about what you learned about him? And can you please tell us his name? Because I forget it right now. Sure. So Jigs, uh, Jigs Chase is the person you're thinking of. Thank you. Also, also Duke, uh, Duke Booty, Booty. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation. B-O-O-T-E. <laughs> yeah. Uh, both were responsible. Uh, I think the reason I gave uh, Jigs the the credit is because I believe that's how it read initially, but, you know, both of them were responsible for the record. Uh, Duke was a guy who played percussion and wrote on a bunch of Sugar Hill stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, Jigs Chase as well, I believe, was, was in that world as a you know, musician and producer on a lot of the, uh, a lot of the Sugar Hill stuff. Yeah, that was that was really cool to learn. It's just every everyone knows that song, but I just had never heard his name before. So if anything else, I got out of the list. I think that was fascinating. Um, so I yeah. just kind of want to uh, ask you a very general. I mean, oh, go ahead, please. Sorry, it, it, another another interesting bit about the message. I mean, I, I think a lot of people know this, but not everyone does. Which is, you know, it is billed as a Grandmaster Flash mm -hmm. and the Furious Five song. Uh, Flash is not on it. Right, and right. Never, never liked the song. Something he's very open about in his, you know, his autobiography and wow. tons of interviews and all that kind of stuff. You know, he he didn't perform on the song, and I I don't believe I, I mean he might well have changed his mind since 1983, but at right. least initially did not like it. Wow, <laughs> it's a good position to be in when you don't even like your best song or your most known song. <laughs> your most um, known song, yeah. So it. it Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like having read and listened to a lot of your work, you you kind of focus on the artist and their their thoughts. So I'm wondering, like, what are you into? Like, what do you listen to? What, what kind of music do you listen to? And like, what's what's your favorite era of hip hop? Like, what what is what do you like? Wow. 
Um, you know, it's funny uh, because I think so much of my time listening is spent, you know, researching in, in some sort of way, whether it's, you know, for work or for a podcast or just to kind of fill, you know, what I view as, as holes in, in my knowledge. Uh, so I don't know. I think I have uh, pretty eclectic tastes. Uh, as far as rap goes, I think I find myself gravitating a lot to uh, kind of golden age and second golden age stuff, right? Sure. Kind of like late 80s, early 90s. And then again, this kind of like mid-90s-ish, mm. you know, sort of on the East Coast, more kind of traditional sound. But there, there is uh, also like I'll go crazy over, you know, a lot of regional stuff, uh, you know, things from Houston or, you know, definitely heavy into bounce music or, mm. you know, a lot of the, you know, I was very happy that DJ Quick ended up making the list because I really love a lot of, you know, his era of that kind of gang, for lack of a better term, gangster rap stuff right. from the West. So, you know, kind of all over the map, I would say, but that those two time periods, I think, you know, strike a, strike a chord with me more, most, uh, you know, so, definitely mo most frequently, I would say. So, why do we love Liz so much as <laughs> as as hip hoppers? Like, um, I'm not sure how this goes down in other genres, but I I tend to think that you know rock and roll heads are not sitting around arguing about you know Zeppelin versus the Stones or something the way that we we must list and categorize. Do you do you have any idea why that is? Why why we love what so much Liz? Li yeah, like listing. I mean, that top. was that was that was that was my joke in the intro, right? That it's right. the sixth element of hip hop. Making <laughs> right. Lists. Um, I, you know, I think part of the fun of, you know, the the music, the culture is sitting around and arguing, right? Yeah. <laughs> sitting around and discussing and arguing, and because so much of hip hop is competitive. Mm. You know, in terms of the, you know, the function, the lyrical content, whatever, it's about I'm the dopest, right? I'm better than you. Right. So it makes sense that you're like, well, this this person is better than this person, and here's why. <laughs> and so it, you know, it, it I can see an easy translation from artist to uh, to listener. You know, Led Zeppelin does a lot of things, but they don't have many songs about explicitly hey we're the greatest rock band in the world you know right. And, right. and you know fuck more the about move or whatever Tolkien. you know like yeah exactly right more about Tolkien or yeah exactly so yeah there's not that kind of not a lot of that sort of direct competition uh in you know it's in a good a answer lot of we've, we've asked a lot yeah. of people that question <laughs> that's a good answer Awesome. Oh, all right. Well, glad, I, glad I passed. You get the best answer. That's you win the battle. Top five. <laughs> yeah. Top five of our of our interviewees. Um, nice. So, so what's next? What's coming up for you? The list is out. You're going to get stalked in bathroom stalls about DJ Premier for the rest of your life. But <laughs> what what's the next yeah. thing for you? So uh, there's a bunch of stuff. The Cypher, which you can yes. find at thecyphershow.com, is going strong. Uh, we have a most recent fantastic episode with Mike Heron. Uh, who is this uh, 
music business guy who's been all over the map. He started, uh, he formed, he was a co-founder of Hydro Records, which did, you know, really amazing stuff with Screwball and Godfather Don. Uh, he was the one responsible for Big L's The Big Picture album, that posthumous record. Uh, he executive produced that. Uh, he managed, he, you know, co-managed Slaughterhouse, uh, worked as an A&R at Shady, like, or I guess vice president of A&R at Shady, just, you know, worked on that, the ill-fated uh, Cool G Rap Raucous album for a little while. Um, you know, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just full, has done so much and, and is so full of stories and is such a, a fascinating guy. And, you know, has, has done it all from, like, the most underground 12 inches to, you know, songs with the biggest artists on the planet. So it's, it's mm. you know, quite interesting ride to talk to him. Uh, I'm talking to you guys just maybe an hour after I, or two after I wrapped up an interview with uh, Master Ace and Marco Polo for an upcoming episode oh, yes. about their nice. new record. So, yeah, so keep in Keeping the cypher going, a bunch of exciting stories at Complex uh, on the way. I'm in the midst of trying to figure out what exactly happens when a song has six or seven producers listed. You know, what, <laughs> is, what exactly does that mean? Who does Please what? Please let us know. You know? Right. Um, that's kind of been a little, uh, I guess maybe it makes sense since I did the producers list, but kind of little side uh, far I've gotten myself into a complex is you know interviewing producers either on video or uh writing about them or the business of them uh, you know in text and that's been super interesting you know i was a musician for a long time but never a producer never anyone who you know never someone who made beats mm. so it's been super interesting for me to get you know granular with a lot of these folks whether it was you know, Ron Lawrence or Seven Thomas or, you know, uh, whomever. So, you know, that's, you know, so hopefully more interesting stuff in that vein. Um, sort of trying to get something together about, again, about the 5% nation and mm. hip hop, but trying to look at it from a more, you know, present day perspective, you know, kind of is, should the, uh, you know, what do people who are rappers and gods now, uh, what do they want? Do they want that, you know, heyday of influence to come back? Do they not? What are they doing to try to get across to people, you know, examining where that stands in the present day? Hmm. So, yeah. So doing a bunch of a bunch of interesting stuff over at. I would Complex read the well. shit out of that, dude. Please finish that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to, I hope to very soon. Okay, should, cool. Should be out, you know, knock knock on wood, editor permitting. Right on. Should be out. Should be out very soon. All right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the program, Sean. Everybody, please go check out the cipher and stay tuned for all of Sean's great work on Complex. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate the time. Break down. I think Complex dropped this at like 
10 a.m. on a Tuesday, and at 10.02, our text chat was, like, on fire. <laughs> Mushroom yeah. clouds. We were already yeah. starting to argue. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and it's, it's a great testament. Um, you should definitely read the piece, but he kind of references in the intro that kind of listing being the sixth element of hip-hop. And mm. we, are, we are definitely um, a, a, a listicle uh, group of listeners. And so this list super fascinating. Um, I'm going to throw out some years. It's every year since um, 79. So maybe we don't have to cover it's every like single ODB year. ODB said. Let's <laughs> don't take it say back to 79. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it back to 79. So again, this list is the greatest producer alive in each year. Very similar to like an MVP voting kind of who had the best season mm-hmm. um and to quote the by piece, calendar year by calendar year yeah and to quote the piece on kind of just so you understand what the rubric is we chose who had the alchemical combination of quality momentum and historical importance at every moment in the genre's development so, so kind of more art than science right and right. Yeah. they're they're trying to capture the, who captured the zeitgeist yeah which who, is who fascinating had right. who had right. it yeah. and very hard to quantify very hard and, to quantify. and like you know i'm i'm not alive in 79 there's not that many choices for right. producers because right. hip-hop's barely existing especially on record but it's kind of like once you get into the years where there's like so much cool right. shit going on how do you decide? That's when it gets hairy, but that's when it gets fun. Totally. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. So, it's, so it's saying who had the best year as a producer season, if you will. Right. right. Um, all right. So 79, Sylvia Robinson. Uh, that's who started Who started Sugar Hill. She is a producer in like the, the most classical, sense. Right. Sense, most classical music industry sense right. of she gathered a group of musicians mm-hmm. and people together orchestrated to orchestrate yeah. that do you guys watch uh inside the actor's studio james yeah, Lipton. James yeah, yeah is yeah. it still on is that a thing i don't think still? so i don't think, I think so. he retired yeah. anyway um billy joel was on there one time and i was watching it when i, I was much younger i still Such live with douche. my parents kind of and I, this is where i'm going with this <laughs> he uh he gave this really like florid answer because james lipton asked him like what does a producer do mm. and he's kind of like <laughs> you know the producer's like he tells you the bass is too loud and uh, when it's time to stop and order Chinese food and like, Ooh. you know, like what, like this blah, 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 when the record should come out. Right, and it was like, right. we're talking about like kind of a, a, who's the other, the guy from the Defiant Ones? I can never remember his name. Jimmy Iovine? It's kind of a Jimmy Iovine style mm-hmm. producer, right, right? right? It's like, it's more like you're the, you're, it's your project. Right. Or you're, you're putting everyone in like the, their yeah. place they need sure. to make you it a good You bring in the song. string section, you do the thumbs up, yeah. thumbs yeah. down. And, and when you, when you needed a hundred people to make a record, yeah. that was a real thing. Totally, right. totally. But yeah. I think what hip hop did is it really compressed right, right, right. that into this like, you know, Actually, all that can live totally. in a person who can actually be the musician and the producer. So, a yes. hip hop producer, in a classical sense, to me, is a, a producer slash musician. One hundred percent. And it'll be interesting to see as we go through the years when it becomes the beat maker. It's pretty quickly. It, it's the changeover the, is is pretty wild. Right, so right. Seventy nine. Sylvia Robinson, architect of of Sugar Hill Records. Um, you know. We all kind of know the story of, of getting kind of three. It's so awesome that hip hop's recorded history starts with a scam. Yeah. It's fucking yeah, totally. amazing. It's very fitting. It just, you couldn't right. Right. like have it any other yeah. way. And it's right. just like Absolutely. every cool 
weird thing that's happened in the culture since then has this like little epical like the big bang of mm-hmm. hip hop is her going like I think this is going to be big go find me some guys uh-huh. and right. then they and found right. some guys and this guy's like oh still this guy's raps why not let's, totally. let's do it let's do it let's go in um, so Sylvia Robinson's uh, Ponzi scheme 1979 <laughs> 1980 um, Rocky Ford and JB Moore for the stuff they produced for Curtis Blow yeah, yeah. Um, can't say they were household names for me. No, totally. No, but the but story Curtis Blow was that guy. You know, yeah. So the story is he so wild. <laughs> <laughs> Did they, <blow>? <laughs> <laughs> they were probably doing a lot of blow. It, he wasn't though. But it, it was kind of religious, right? Yeah. Squeaky clean. Yeah. Squeaky really? clean dude. Okay. Yeah. Squeaky clean. Perfect sort of, you know, ambassador at the moment. Uh, but, I am a fan of the song "The Breaks." Are you guys? Same, yeah. same. I find it to be kind of divisive for pe- really? hip-hop people. I like that, really? and, and yeah. I like um, "If like I Rule the World" as well. Yeah, the yeah. original, totally. But the the story is such again when you talk about scams and just opportunism, right? So Rocky Ford, um, along with Nelson George, were some of the people that first mm. do the first dis- written dispatches about hip hop. Mm-hmm. Sure, circa seventy mm-hmm. nine, dude is like broke and re- sees an opportunity. And basically, you have two white guys that write uh, Curtis Blow's Christmas rapping, which sold right. five hundred thousand units, right. as well as the breaks, right. which for me it was a little bit of a buzzkill because I'm like, damn, like <laughs> he was a very divisive, that divisive character. Yeah, that wasn't Curtis, but uh, they had what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the breaks. That's the breaks. Um, um, fun fact: um, Curtis Blow ended up doing um, a duet with Bob Dylan in the '80s, where what? Bob Dylan drops like eight bars. What? Yeah, you can check it out on Notorious.com. Yeah. Oh my god. I interviewed Curtis Blow a few years back, and then like mm-hmm. did all this research, and was like, "What the fuck?" What? Yeah, you can check it out. You Is it, it out. better or worse than that drum Neil Young song? <laughs> There's a song wow, with drum and Neil Young. Oh, I didn't send it to you. I sent it to Dave oh. when it came out. It is god-awful. Yeah. It's on a soundtrack of some weird thing. I'll send it to you. Okay, just not to get too tangential, but I think I can one-up you. I think <laughs> that the Young Thug uh elton john song is worse oh wow. i've never heard that before and you don't Ooh. want to but you need to that's funny. um worst hip-hop collabs we gotta okay yeah, coming up yeah. coming soon on a future 2018 episode. or 2019 <laughs> 2019 bro it's damn coming, it's coming up fast uh so 80 rocky ford and jb moore um do you do your googles on that one um 81 pumpkin and friends which I'm I'm a latecomer to understanding uh, Pumpkin's role. He's in- king of the beat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is why I know who Pumpkin is. Uh, besides just reading liner notes later in life, when I was a kid, I had a CD compilation of old school rap. Um, uh, God, I can't remember what it's called right now, but it had um, some stuff I still love to this day. It had Pumpkin, King of the Beat. It had Dimples D, uh, mm. Sucker DJs, which mm. is one of my favorite of songs. Um, it had the message. It had the 15 minute version of Rapper's Delight. Right. It had Houdini. It just it was a street beat or something like street beat Ooh, volume two. The, where you can, can see the, the cover. The cover. Yeah, it's the green yeah. one from that series, okay. and that okay. that is like the foundational document of like why I love hip hop. It's one of okay. them. It's this, I got it at the right time in my life. And some of those songs, like especially Rapper's Delight and the breaks and stuff, are kind of kid friendly. Totally, like For sure. because hip hop mm-hmm. is based on rhymes. Uh, the early hip-hop rhyme schemes are often based in lullabies and nursery rhymes like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are drawn Bruh, from there yeah i mean that, I, that's super heavy because i've always felt like when little kids try to rap 
even little kids from the nineties and two thousands, right, right, right. it would always sound like why do you why are you trying to rap like eighty four? No, totally, totally. Like, why? But that makes a lot of sense. I okay. think that's why. So anyway, uh Pumpkin is on there and he has kind of there's an instrumental called King of the Beat, and then he was like the in house guy for profile. So like the he, And he, he fucked with this, uh Mantronics, right? Uh, I think yeah. Mantronics is yeah. like right, yeah, a branch off the tree. Okay, yeah, because Mantronics is so into like the editing and the chopping. This okay. is like that like heavily compressed eighty snare like right. comes to right. life, yeah. right? Uh, and he's a drummer, and like I don't know, it he kind of had like a tragic life, but his um, his his he is fir- a really good producer. Yeah, his first early mastery of drum machinery definitely was like game changing um, mm. for a lot of the early records. So, um, yeah, I would just recently learned about him and his legacy and well uh, on topic of that year though i mean um arthur baker gets a shout and let's not forget that you know let's not not forget what he does right well he's in 82 81 they well they have him at in 82 arthur baker oh do they have an 81 um as a as like a as an honorable mention yeah yeah so what did he do in 81 this is that's pre-planet rock then oh it was that uh fuck i don't know Okay. Let's edit this out. Okay. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Uh, 82, Arthur, 82, right. 82, right. Arthur Baker is, is they're saying, the greatest oh, producer Oh, I forgot alive. to ask Sean about this, and maybe it's for the better. Uh, there are, there are I'm going to say, at least three or four entries where they have to go in and do, like, parental advisory. This person has serious allegations of abuse against them. Yeah. Oh, in the list. In the list. Oh, wow. I was just reading the list on my lunch today to kind of get ready for this. And I'm just like, God, that's a lot. Like yeah. it's all the mentions of Africa, Bimbata, all totally. the mentions of Dre. I right. think there's oh, a wow. couple others, okay. but I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah they're hey, like, at least they put it out there. That. That's yeah. 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 Arthur Baker though. So all, all we know is no, Arthur Baker wasn't yeah. I, as far as we, know, <laughs> as far as we know, we can't, we can't say there's no any, skeletons in his closet. Um, but his uh he created know, electro essentially he, he with, created with electro Bam. his his appropriation of planet rock um changed music really yep. and he he definitely probably doesn't get enough credit because i grew up thinking that was africa bambata right that Same. that did the track bambata is the artist yeah right 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 right, right. but just kind of like He's the, also the, the architect the sonic architect of it because while it is a rip on trans zero express by Kraftwerk. Craftworks joint and numbers. You have to put in numbers to like. Oh, make it's Craftwork it, and it numbers. To, to, no, the the Craftwork song numbers. numbers. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Okay, it's, Craftwork it's, it's and Trans numbers Europe together. Express and, and numbers. numbers together. If you take those two, you get Planet Rock. Gotcha. And you add gotcha. the kind of what what is now known as the electro beat. Right. Um, right. I have had the opportunity to talk to Cut Chemist at length lately about this. Um, he and DJ Shadow did a tour with some of uh, uh, Bam's records. Mm-hmm. In 2014, was I it? I thought it was even earlier than that. I think I think it's 2014. Okay. It's it's relatively. We recently. went to the show. We yeah, the show. I didn't go. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Edon opened for him. Oh, I really wish I would have went. Now, Kill, murdered. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, there are acetates and like um, records no one's ever heard of. Uh, Bam noodling on the keyboards and stuff oh. that he would get pressed and like at at one point, Cut Chemist had the opportunity to play one of them for arthur baker wow and arthur baker goes holy shit that's it mm. that's the thing he played me and then i took that and made the oh, track out of it oh, so i don't want to like correct you but i happen to have inside information Please on do. this one he bam came up with the figure and arthur baker produced the cut nice. got you it's, got it's you. like if uh fat lip brought right, right. jay swift the record for right, right. passing me by or whatever sure, you know sure. what i mean kind of ali yeah. shaheed kind of 
taking Q-Tip's record collection right. and Q-Tip going, hey, right. do this and do this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Primary sources, dude. That's how yeah, we do it here. Totally. <laughs> Investigative reporting. <laughs> there is a mix on SoundCloud called Mix by Jimmy that uh, Cut Chemist plays some of these acetates and stuff. It is rough, though. Like The, the yeah. sound quality of it is really bad because acetates yeah. are really fragile. Right. And that, it's listenable, and it's about a half hour long, which is the perfect length. And okay. if you guys are really big old school hip hop nerds, you should really go listen to that. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. Learning, learning things here on the Dad Body Rap Pod. Then you get baked like Arthur. Nice. <laughs> uh, eighty-three, Larry Smith, um, who MC, is right? Yeah. Who is huge? Yeah, produced Sucker MCs, which I think is is another Dude. kind of genre defining record. One hundred percent. Watershed. Um, Hard times. Jam Master J, um, and so he kind of he kind of takes this. To me, I always felt that stuff had like a, a slightly like cameo feel. Yeah, yeah like it's totally. this old funk musician kind of right. repurposing that vibe for a new era. Mm-hmm. Totally, mm-hmm. Um, and stripping away a lot yes. of the like lines. Yeah, yeah, it got it got harder. Making it essential. There's a a quote from Dougie Fresh where he talks about the first time he heard Sucka MCs, and he's like, "I knew everything was different then." Right, because that shit is just mm-hmm. literally a drum machine and. It's funny because they don't even use the deep 808 kick. It's right. just it's just like the hi-hat and the snare yeah. and Jeez. just amazing. And it's amazing. hard to make a song better than that. Totally. It's, it's yeah. crazy how good it's it is. perfect in its, uh, in its simplicity. Um, so 83, Larry Smith. 84, Larry Smith again. Friends from Houdini. Right. Freaks come so out at night. Drop yeah. the Which mic. is a little Enough. bit more musical than Run DMC. It's more musical, yeah. But it, I, yeah. Just a touch more musical but still hard like – those beats are hard. They are. Yeah. And they, uh, they last. Though yeah. I, don't, I don't listen to a ton of Houdini. Same. Yeah. Same. It's like uh, they have two iconic songs, and then yeah. I'm not like throwing on the album for fun. Do yeah. you? Big Mouth? You're not, you're not claiming I don't on know. Big Mouth? Um, here's, here's, the, here's the thing. <laughs> Friends as, as a sonic thing. All right. The rapping's obviously dated, right? Right. Like the rapper John Lil's hat is not, is not sure. transmitting it to this. But definitely friends, and you know, if you spend any time in dance circles, freaks come out at night. Still, still they hits bang them pretty hard. Yeah, they bang. That's a, those yeah. were the two I was talking about. Is yeah. there stuff beyond that where I really need to go like deep, like sea seaside Houdini? Nah, I mean, okay. not one love. I mean, okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It's 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 the classic quandary of how deep do you get into rap when rappers still try to figure out rap, right? Yes. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. kind of like. Some things are timeless, and some things are right. Were the great things for the, the, time. the cream has risen pretty much on old school rap. Like yeah. we know the classics. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure and there's it, stuff I would like if I dug a little deeper, but yeah, um, Houdini has just never totally done it for me. Same. Okay, okay, interesting. Uh, 85 Rick Rubin, um, 86 Rick Rubin. Dave, you hate Rick Rubin. Do you have any <laughs> thoughts? Does he have any talent? Like, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Is it that new book kind of makes it seem like he's right? He right. wasn't as talented as maybe we think. I, I heard about that divide. I don't know though. I, I could because every that's that's contrary to everything else I've read. You know, for like twenty years. Them not liking what he did so much doesn't make him untalented. No, though, totally. Right. Totally. It was just like he kind of he gave them this frat rock template and that they, they immediately rebelled against it. Because they they're, they're be art they weirdos. Right. 100%. Yeah, right. And I think they acknowledge that too. I have to say this BC Boys book tour thing has been really fun. Like oh, I've listened totally. to probably 10 interviews with them and I'm like, 
I haven't totally dove back into the music. I'm waiting to read the book to like be like concurrent yeah. with it. But it's just been I I love them as dudes. Right. They're like right. so healthy. They have like good now, emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. like they're in good shape. They look good. It's just like they're so funny. Like yeah. they're just yeah. their rapport is great. Yeah. But I mean, Rick Rubin changed music a couple times. Um, totally. I, I feel like. Because he also, it's not on here. In 84, he did um, Teela Rock, It's Yours. Dude, oh, which, all-timer. Yeah, which totally. is an all-time in terms so hard. Of, of drum programming. He brought 100%. the kind of, this kind of headbang rock energy into the drum machine era. And just, for me, totally, this shit blew my mind. Like, yeah. It's Love yours, bang so hard yeah, right. uh, to this day. Totally. And so, you know, he had an 84 or 85 and 86, King of Rock, LL Cool J's Radio, um, the whole License to Ill record, and Raisin Hell. Um, so pretty pretty impressive pretty resume. Pretty impressive run. Yeah. yeah. And, like, owned the label and, like, right. know, ran uh, totally. it out of his dorm right. room. Like, right. there's so much. Um, well, he's a mastermind. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? What's yeah. the word? Uh, mystique around mm. early Def Jam. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like yeah. the. And Ru- they, Russell, and that's Rick, always been his steez. All know? their A and R people, all the artists. Like it was just like there's something in the water. Then, yeah. like in the NYU they're creating dorms. the culture. The, yeah. right. Our understanding of the culture is in part like how Rick Rubin felt about music. Right. Totally. Um, J- just one last little uh, cut chemist anecdote. He's super into like when he was young, finding every maroon jacket Def Jam. It's mm. like every, it's foundational oh, this, like, for him. Like, oh. It's like for him. It's like he would go on these when he's very young, like in he's like elementary school, junior high. He would go with his friends and like go to all these different record stores. And you guys will hear about it soon if I ever get my piece finished. Um, <laughs> I, I had about, a joke at the ready. Continue <laughs> detox. Let's, um, <laughs> about uh, yeah, just finding those those jackets in particular. It was like he those were like coveted items. I, I wish and he my, still has everything like he's such an archive dude. Yeah, it's like he's got the copy of It's Yours. He bought in like 1983 right. or whenever it came out. Yeah, Jeez. it's crazy. Jeez. Yeah. The Def Jam definitely foundational. Um, this next one totally surprised me. And I, I'm always pleased to find out my gaping holes in hip hop knowledge. Um, said G for 87. Yeah, um, I thought that was a kind of a weird one, though. Right? For for producing criminal minded. Um, yeah, as well as as funky by the ultra magnetic MCs. I, I think they know something we don't. I don't think of him as the producer right, of that, but right. somebody had to. And Scott LaRock's a DJ, not a producer, That's right? True. That's but true. Shouldn't he be credited somewhere? Right. <laughs> I've never heard that before. And yeah. what about, you know the whole. I Paul, love the beats on there. Though. The whole yeah. Paul C. Lore as well. Like, like where, where is he in that? So I I think That's later they they mention it in the piece. Um, Paul, because there's no like credits. And like he's more of an engineer than a producer. Right, right. It's like clearly he's the producer for like um, Super Lover C and Casanova Rudd. Sure. But like, was he the producer on these or was he the engineer? Well, it's um, not like the best engineers list. You know what I mean? No, I agree. But uh, I mean, given just the lore itself and just speaking to, you know, like Cole Keith, it was like Paul C did the drums on this. Right. You so know? they so, do. They do say um, yeah. there's a there's a whole paragraph on Give the Drummer Some. They're mm-hmm. like, clearly Paul C produced Give the Drummer right, Some. Right. And that was so influential and everyone loves it. Yeah. But yeah, said G, I don't think of him as like 
one of the best producers totally. in hip hop history. If, if but you, I do love Critical Beat. You put me 100%. in a room for a hundred years, I would have never surfaced said G as as a producer on this list. Totally, right. totally. Um, but it just kind of speaks to the the depth with which they kind of went. Totally, on this list. totally. So totally. super thoughtful. So props. Thoughtful. Um, I got to do a little bit more homework on that. It's one. funny because uh, we've talked about this before in our '88 episode. I I was never that big of a fan of said G's rhyming, so it's good to know he was back there doing totally. something. Said <laughs> G. Yeah, he sounds like your dad who just gets mad at you. Right? Totally. Walks in the room. Clean up your room. <laughs> Ultra. Um, totally. Shout out to said G. So he's gonna come looking for us. Um, Eighty-eight. Marley Marl. Oh, Shoein goes without saying. Um, Slam dunk. Yeah. Going off. Bismarck Key. Long live the cane. Born to be wild. Poison. Um, cool Had an giraffe. insane year. Yeah, and just the reinvention. That's like Steph Curry, totally. sixteen, yeah, totally. Like just totally. unanimous MVP, Marley Marl, breaking dude. records. Yeah, totally. just just again changing the sonic landscape mm-hmm. via um, the first guy that was like, oh, you can just sample um, just this snare, right? And right. and layer it and mm-hmm. do all these kind of things. The texture of the early Marley Marley Marl records. Um, There's a bit of a backlash with Marley Marl, though. A lot of people are like, "Oh, he didn't do, he didn't really do this. He didn't really do that." You That's know? interesting. Yeah, I, I uh, actually uh, just interviewed uh, Master Ace, and he talks a little bit about some beef that Marley had with Biz Marquis, because Biz Marquis was like, "No, dude, we, uh, me and T.J. Swan want want uh, props for doing this song. We brought the records, we chopped them, right? Uh, but he took okay. all the credit. Interesting. Okay. So I don't know. I don't which know. is which something is pure that, producer, something to talk about. which is pure on uh, maybe it was on the outtakes of the Tracks a Million episode. But he just talks about that a lot. That that's that is you know Kanye West was doing right, um, right. beats for D Dot for years before he could actually say this mm, is my beat. Right. Dre mm. kind of uh, appropriates yeah. beats made in his yeah, studio. It yeah. becomes his. It's beat. their production facility, their studio, their yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. they're the producer, a, and like, yeah. Puffy's whole career, right? Like he doesn't yeah. really like putting <laughs> out beats on the MPC, but <laughs> right. everything's produced by Puff Daddy, right? right. right. Is he on the list later? We'll see. Oh, uh, teaser! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the news. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> Eighty-nine Prince Paul, who uh, he's one of two people that we've actually talked to who are on this list. Um, Absolute hero, Prince Paul. Yeah. If, if you put me in a room for a hundred years and asked me who was on this list, the first guy I would say would probably be Prince. Paul. Right, and it's right. and it's dope because some of these, the credentials that they list are like multiple records, multiple albums. Prince Paul, Three Feet High and Rising. Thank you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sampler switch. drop. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> straight kids, up, straight kids up. records. Drops. Yeah, that that record is so crazy. You only need one. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty uh, genre breaking. And and what's dope is that. You can never make that record again. Nope. Right. Like, Literally. Like, right. They, he broke You can't law. even put it on <laughs> right. Spotify. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. totally. He broke He broke the system. Statute. Which I have to say, it's one of the great things about being a record collector. It's like, oh, it's not on Spotify? Like, I give a fuck. I'll just go put it on right. from my record I've right. had for 20 years. Right. It's like... Yeah. I actually own it in my yeah, hands. Totally. Yeah. And it, in the Library of Congress. Uh, I would imagine three, five, so. Three yeah. feet high mm-hmm. rising. Yeah. So, um, definitely groundbreaking. 1990. Fuck the Bomb squads. No. <laughs> Bomb Squad, nineteen ninety. Of course, um, oh, dude. Of course, just obvious. Ugh. Murderers obvious. Row. Yeah, they're just killing the game. Still, the most technical, fucking textured, you know, production ever. Totally. Maybe? You know, they they uh, people have those things where they do the stems for records. Like mm-hmm. you can go back mm-hmm. and listen to the baseline on uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye or whatever. I would love some Bomb Squad stems, oh, dude. That'd be hundred seventy four stems. I know. No, totally. totally. And, like, That's what's so interesting. Three of them would just be Flav going like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And there's yeah. just like a squeal, and they were and doing like it live. All this like weird, yeah. like 
electrical yep. current like buzz and stuff. It's right. so but crazy. It, it, it's it's so dope because it was straight dissonance. It right. wasn't as if right, there right. was like this melodic structure no. right. that they pop things into. Right, right. They're like, here's some noise and here's some noise. Totally. Right. And here's an Isley Brothers sample. Right. And we're going to make it all work. Totally. Um, using analog, mm-hmm. doing it. Triggering it live. live. Triggering yeah. it live, which... If That's you, so hard. Ridiculous. With Pro Tools to do something like that now is a lot easier. But even at that, the dissonant son- sonic quality of a Bomb Spot Squad record is un- unmatchable. Unmatchable. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, totally. dude. Totally. Um, so, yeah, super, super fans. Hopefully we could get Shockley on the program um, at some oh, point. We'll here. take either Shockley <laughs> 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 Both. or Chuck D, Dream uh, Guest. Yeah. Uh, 91, uh, DJ Quick. That's a um, it's a cool pick, uh, honestly. Very glad to see the inclusion of Quick. Quick is the name. His album, "Bitch Better Have My Money" for AMG. I love AMG. Um, Huge Scandalous AMG fan. for High C. Mm. I don't know that second, record that well. Second, as a Norteño weed carrier, <laughs> I'm shocked and appalled. You don't know more about High C. That's funny. Yeah, I just I, I don't have that record. I never. I don't like know any other songs. Scandalous by High yeah. C. Check it out. Um, that, that that's grand opening, grand closing for high C. But check it out. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Ninety two, another uh, genre um, defining producer, Dr. Dre. This sure. is his first appearance on Change here. the Landscape of Music. Um, much forgotten sometimes. Deep Cover. Oh man, so oh, good. Was oh, super so groundbreaking good. in ninety two, and then of course the Chronic. Uh, I've been hearing lately because they play it on one of the radio stations I listen to the uh, Fat Joe Big Pun freestyles over yeah, yeah, Big yeah. Cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I like it. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's like man, Big Pun's so good. Big Pun yeah. is so good. We were just talking about the uh, Stretch and, B- and Bobito uh, documentary. documentary. Yeah, and um, Fat Joe is listening to these old pun verses he hasn't heard in like twenty years and. His face melts, yeah, you know. Totally, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, so man, you know, Doctor Dre killed it, man. He changed music, changed music, and we all know he's like the best engineer in right, hip hop. So right. it's he changed the way music sounds. Can yeah. can I surface some some tension that I have that I'm I'm just I'm afraid for Anderson Pox uh, close involvement with. 2018 Dr. Dre on his know. record. I don't know. I have to see. I like Tense. He, he's a fireball though. We'll Tense see. Tense is fine. Yeah. I'm just saying. I don't know it how. Sounds yeah. good. We'll just. It see. sounds like Dre wasn't intimately involved in that. So <laughs> we'll uh, see. We'll yeah. see. High yeah. hopes. Yeah, I, I can do I, whatever I, though. I mean, we, it's like I thought this about the Vince as well, and I don't want to get into my whole tangent about the Vince because I'm still forming my opinion. But weird to drop a summer record in the fall. Yeah, it seems like it was done dude, a little while ago. Just dude, put it out. It's global warming. Global I know. Still <laughs> summer. It was 79. Today. I say this as I had to debate wearing this flannel shirt totally. today because it's like super hot. I, uh, yeah. Someone who I'm Facebook friends with literally posted pictures of herself at the pool yeah it's november yeah, yeah. something's wrong <laughs> ben staples drops a global warming record we'll come back to that <laughs> in a future in a future uh, episode That's 93 hilarious. another genre kind of defining redefining producer rizza um of course 36 chambers easy choice there yeah. right 36 chambers end of story but everyone's killing it back then like everyone's yeah. operating at such a high level. Totally, back then. totally. There were a lot of good choices, but he does seem it, to be the clear. He favorite. does capture the zeitgeist, though, and I mean. and, and kind of squeezes out. This is kind of how Primo and uh, Pete Rock, spoiler alert, don't appear on this list. And I think it's because RZA. 93 and they're so lazy they only produce for one group right exactly rizza 93 um rizza 95 uh, sandwiched 
sandwiched. Easy Mo B, right? Easy Mo B. Yeah. I was so glad to see Mo on the totally. floor. And they Another got one of our guests. Friend Shouts. of the podcast, right. Oliver Wang, to write the paragraph, which is yep. awesome. Yep. Yeah. So Easy Mo B probably doesn't um, get enough props. Um, I should... feel like being on a list like this is really important for him. Yeah. Totally. It's way totally. less important for like a RZA who's like who's already acclaimed. Right. Yeah. So RZA's making t-shirts. Moby's still doing like a local gig. Totally. You know? yeah. But he should be sitting in a mansion. Totally. You know? Yeah. He, he made some some really big records. Flavor in your ear. Oh. Give me the loot. The warning. The what for? Yes. Jeez. Um, for Biggie. So if it's you like only produced the what. Right. Would be one of my favorite producers. That's a yeah. uh, best hip hop duet. Yeah, all time I think. Totally, it's there's um, an argument there. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's some songs on uh, uh, the purple tape which we could talk about, That's but true. it's it's very very good. That's true. Um, it's just cool to to see that, and I think um, they they made a point in. I think Oliver makes the point in the thing that uh, it's not the like radio songs that Moby did. Right. It's like the, right. the good songs. Totally. <laughs> totally. Totally. They're but, all good songs. But, but, but I think I think his appearance on this list, if we're gonna be honest. Flavor in your ear is what brings him in the door. Sure. Because of 94, That's his defining bleeding That's into the, 95, yeah, it was just, it was such a huge record. That and the remix were just such yeah, a huge Yeah, it was record. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, 95, RZA continues to kill shit. Only built for That's Cuban the, leaks. That's uh, the solo records chamber. thing. Old Dirty Bastards. No one will job. ever have a better year than that. Liquid oh. Swords. That's insane. And, Insanity. And he produced those records pretty much top to bottom. I know. Right. I, yeah. know. I know. It's insane. I know. Yeah. It's. Just I that, wonder if there's some like fourth disciple guy going like, oh, actually, I produced the totally. kick on, uh, you know, whatever, <laughs> uh, one of the random ODB tracks. But totally. they're, they're clearly Riz's vision in his music. Like he has such a distinctive style. Yeah. yeah that first and, generation of Wu albums. Just that alone. Like he's cemented. Yeah, and it's been great to see in 2018, you know, maybe we'll get into this in your year in episode, but I feel like it's a woo revival. Like I feel like the sonic aesthetic of the of the best definitely. underground records I definitely see are it. reaching directly from that and, and updating too. Sure. Um, your Rock Marcy's, your your Griselda's. The Griselda, yeah. just the vibe in the feel is is very well, Logic had all the Wu-Tang on his track, right. right? I mean, you and, know, that's and says unfortunately something. himself. I know totally. <laughs> 100 percent dude oh man. that record came and went i haven't heard anyone talk i know, about I know. That. that's not on your list no <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that uh 96 uh organized noise at aliens good oh. Pick. Um, oh dude good pick yeah. incredible yeah. beats dude unheralded i think yeah yeah i think the the documentary definitely kind of helped you quantify their contributions mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. weird though now that after watching the documentary I'm just drawn to like, man, Waterfalls was a dope song. It is. <laughs> like like when you listen to Waterfalls, like the kicks and chunks. Yeah, like, no, oh, shit. it's a really good song. Um, what's the, um, is it No Scrubs? There's one, of, there's one of these TLC songs where I'm like, anyone would have had a hit with this song. This right. beat is so good. It's, right. it's yeah. just like incredible. What if like Left Eye had just had a like, solo rap album? Right. You know, with some good 90s production? That would totally. be maybe classic. That would have been huge. Yeah, no, Organized Noise, you're right, probably a little bit unheralded, brought definitely a level of instrumentation. Right. Um, sure. I think that's what really contributed to the Outcast aesthetic. They were able to bring instrumentation that didn't sound... Um, not rappy right and i think right. that was a prior to that it was always weird like yeah. we talked about jasmine Taz a lot mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think rappers from the east coast really struggled to incorporate 
um, you know, Ron Carter riffs aside. Um, it was all in the service of the song. There's no Ron Carter solos where he's right, just going right, crazy. Right, like, yeah, or right. if there were, they were edited out in right. service of these great songs. Yeah. But they had the this, best mouthpieces, too, though. I mean, yeah, you know, I know. Geez. It's it's just, yeah, organized noise definitely coalesced. Is that the first Southern uh, producers on there? On the is list? It, or is no, it the, the first non-New York? Uh, DJ Quick is the first non-New York. Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, and then, yeah, they're the first Southern entry. Not the last. We'll yeah. get into we'll get into that. 97. This is where, to me, this is where this list starts to get really like, word? Oh, for real? It's <laughs> um, yeah, hard. 97, The Hitmen, for their work on Life After Death, um, and No Way Out, Puff Daddy and the Family. No Way Out's better than you would think. Um, they owned that year, man. Yeah, they, they owned. Yeah. I, mean, I was listening to nothing but underground rap at that time. Right. I hated everything they did. Same, but I can't say that it's not good music or that they didn't capture the zeitgeist. Like they, underground rap is essentially a response to their music. Exactly, it's like the exactly. opposite of their right. music. They're, so, counter, they're counteracting. Yes, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. So that, that was the 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 main vibe of that year. It's the shiny suit era. We oh, say it all the time. Yeah. So Shout, what are you gonna do? Shouts to the list for including um, LP. I that know, year, though, you know, fire yeah. pressure. Yeah. 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 As kind of a, one of the, the honorables of, of yeah. the year. Um, 98. Here's where me and this list completely diverge. Um, <laughs> 98 beats by the pound, which was masterpiece in-house team for the no limit. Um, I don't like their music. Um, I was saying during the smoke break that it's it's the Ronco of rap. It's the <laughs> 1995 <laughs> act now. Technically, it is. Beats technically they not technically technically they are by the pound yeah <laughs> yeah they they were cranking them out these were big records I just don't think they were good records yeah they yeah, were neither. really really big records I though. think time will prove you right they're not yeah. gonna age well nobody's like going back it. to a Silk the Shocker record ever. <laughs> totally. um, shocked ni- <laughs> ninety nine uh, Dr Dre the Slim Shady EP in two thousand one. Um, I'll say this. Obviously groundbreaking, obviously huge records. This era of Dre has not aged as well for me. When I hear explosive or something on the radio, I go, this is not still Dre. I kind of, for some reason, those beats sometimes I'm like, ah, they didn't age as well as the first batch of chronic beats in my opinion. I disagree with you, but I only want to listen to the instrumental versions. Like, I agree. I've gone into I my agree. thing about this before. I think Explosive is an all-timer of a beat. I just never want to hear the full version yeah. of it again. Well, when he's going into sampling David Axelrod, it's like, okay, I'm not going to I'm here's, not I'm, I'm not going to ever be mad at that. Here's here's my here's my beef with the Aftermath era Dre Productions. Too perfect. Everything is absolutely, and I was I was recording at that time, and every engineer I worked with jocked that record so tough oh. because it was so shiny, so perfect, every instrument, everything, yeah. and it, maybe you're right. I don't maybe, think that's a thing. Oh, that that's a thing. That's I, what makes Wu Tang so amazing because no, they the, came out. I, I love with, imperfect as well, but if if you do perfect perfectly, it's perfect. There's two perfect. There's two For you. It, there's two perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, there's. I. Yeah, I believe no, that, I think we can agree that there's overproduce. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. the same thing. Perfect oh, is different from overproduced. Okay. 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 If we're talking about production, though, I mean the, the perfect production. There, is, there's like a perfect level to put the snare at. There's a perfect level to put the keyboard at. There's a perfect right. But but at some point, to me, yeah, loses character. Yeah. Now yeah. now we're going. You had all the technology in your hands. To me, this is the movie Avatar. 
It's like you've got your James Cameron. You've got. I hope that's James Cameron. Hey, it is. You, yeah. You've got. You've got the top of the line CGI for that right, time. Right. Right. Yeah, and right. you can kill shit. Right. So, but I'll, I'll say I, I'm with you for the new Travis Scott. I'm not with you for Dre 2001. Hmm. Like that's the new Sonic standard, and you lost me. But right, like right. Uh, maybe uh, Dre 2001 is Terminator 2. Yeah. It's, it's mm. the the state of the art for its time, but it's still a good movie. Okay. I don't know. For okay. me. For me. Okay. I I still I think those beats are incredible. I could listen to the instrumental of that like when you guys leave tonight. Blink, blink, blink. Like, you know, yeah, I, it's blink, it's blink. incredible. I, I would probably it. go back to Chronic before that. But I'm not dissing, you know, what was and, Interestingly, and, there is no choice to listen to the Chronic instrumental album. I don't mm. even know what that would sound like. Mm. They don't there's like the Dre 2001 instrumentals were commercially available. Right, 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 right. 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 And hmm. so maybe he knew something. Well, well, but but he's the there's... record label guy. He's the one making that decision. He's like, I, you don't have to listen to Exhibit if you don't want to. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! Um, I, I think there's always a level of, and I think this is when I think about why does Nate hate Drake so much. I think it's it's similar in the sense of those records were played so tough that there's probably a part of me that's just like, I just can't anymore. Yeah, I can't no, with I still you. Dre. Like I can't. Like I. I can't get through the whole thing, but um, I'll re I'll revisit that. Two uh, thousand Earth Tone Three, which um, is that a group or a dude? <laughs> I thought it was a color. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pantone. Hey, Fucking. I think it's a group. <laughs> okay, uh, Miss Jackson, Bombs Over Baghdad, most of Stankonia. Yes, yeah, I'll, totally. Miss Jackson, I'll give the nod. For sure. I I I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not. Bombs over Baghdad, not a good song. <laughs> I don't know. Were we not in know. your house? I would. Uh, <laughs> I would have some. I I don't put it on, but I can't say it's not a good song. I Drum it and bass. It's dude. hype. It's hype. Yeah, it's I hype. love it. I love it. I think bombs over Baghdad. I don't play it. Is, they 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 song. ride the crazy drum and bass beat very well. But I never need to hear that one again. That, that one is. I not hear what for you're me. saying. I hear you. I'd saying. rather listen to hundreds of other Outkast songs. Same. Before I same. Want to listen to that. One hundred percent. I can't sure. believe it. Like, but that doesn't so make hard. it not a good song. But making it like, kind of of its moment. Like that's the the new wars going on and stuff. Totally. I think Like really helped its cultural relevance. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. It's, it's it's one of the best songs, rap songs at that tempo. Okay. Um, okay. And and obviously you have kind of a. Drum and bass makes it cheesy, but at that moment, drum and bass wasn't cheesy yet. Right, you know what I mean. So I, I love when they do the drum and bass part, and you got me. Maybe it's oh, just having doing the whole song. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, I hate that. So maybe all right because it's go. so interesting that Questlove could play it so perfectly. Yeah, as a live right. person, it's right. like, damn, that's like a computer beat, and right. you're just doing that. Like I saw them on that yeah. tour. I'm like, that was fucking mind blowing. That's and amazing. I love that Questlove was like, and this was in the OK Player era. He's like. I'm not doing that shit ever again. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Like, I know you liked it, but I'm not. That <laughs> yeah. was just a one-time thing. Totally. Quest Love, my favorite junglist. <laughs> <laughs> Jamalski Love. Um, oh, man. Thanks. Here, here all week. That's um, funny. All right. Now, this is where it gets interesting. This is really, I guess, a new era because it's a new millennia. But uh, in this era, we're going to see this name a bunch of times. 2001, Kanye West, uh, for his work on The Blueprint. Um, which, which, you know, okay. Yeah. I, That's when Kanye started to become Kanye. He yeah. hadn't really rapped yet. So you right. didn't know that much about him yet. Right. Uh, Chipmunk soul did define that era. Those like, I'm, are, I'm some with of it. those are ferocious and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hasn't aged particularly well. I, I they did, overdid it a little. 
What do you, what do you mean? Chipmunk I think, Soul. I think the abundance of it, you know. There's too many of them. There's too if many of them. you did it on one song and it was like, it was like Hard Knock Life didn't spawn a musical right, rap. Right, right. But Chipmunk Soul, there's like 35 songs yeah. that did that same thing where they're pitching up the soul samples and Which, keeping the vocals behind the vocals and mm-hmm. the things that have become cliche. Right, right. Which, um, right. oh God, I can't, I feel dumb. I can't remember this right now, but it's actually um, a Chicago house producer pioneered that technique and god i wish the i could remember soul? his name I was yeah 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 so that's that's kind of where diamond d has some chipmunk chipmunk soul on uh stunts and blunts like way before okay peep okay. it peep it i, okay. I had to i had to do a, a yeah okay we'll circle circle back on circle back on it recently and it's like okay interesting kind of ahead of its time that album which i kind of dismissed but anyways okay um that record. 2002 yeah. neptune's uh Justify Justin Timberlake and Lord Willing the Clips, which I know Nate loves. I'm into I'm into that. I, I remember uh everyone I knew who was into production needing to uh get a Triton. Oh like yeah, they just like yeah. They, totally. they, they defined the sound by changing 100%. like the equipment that was needed to um make hits. What what I what I love That's shiny. Now that's perfect. Some clip or some early Neptunes Songs um I would say I would say perfect, perfect thing going on. Perfect in the sense that like it was a new aesthetic because here's what they it's so didn't, shiny. What they didn't do, it's very interesting. They didn't emphasize low end. Yeah. They it was very interesting. They emphasized mid range, um, and this really like um I don't know, kind of a dry kick. And yeah, it was the sound. That's when my dude Tracks a Million got a a, a Triton. Everybody was trying to mm-hmm. to kind of capture that feeling and vibe that somehow was really hip-hop but was so club because Mm -hmm. especially before and especially in underground hip-hop you'd be like ah keyboard beats like it's not cool it didn't have soul it didn't have swing it was just like anyone can tap out a little melody on a casio and program some drums like yeah yeah so it was kind of thought of as uncool and they made it cool yeah yeah i think and because it's cool of thought though it's it's two things it's the the percussion was always so on point and then i think this is i don't know if this is chad's influence but it's these these chords were a little more sophisticated than your average rap club hit right like if you go back and listen to some of those joints you're like oh shit that's kind of yeah that's a little jazzy i don't have a musical ear so i'd never know what chord anyone is playing which i actually find (laughs) to be kind of a blessing i can never tell if people fuck up or are they off key if it's really egregious i can tell tell. but it's just i'm just like sounds good to me (laughs) uh 2003 here's another one where i'm kind of like and but i'd have to do the research to prove them wrong is uh little john and it just says little john get low so he's getting full credit <laughs> on this one song. When Little John like defined the era, everyone was having fun. Yeah, I kind of checked out a little bit, but yeah, I could, I guess I can see it defining it. Um, it it was interesting. I think they mentioned in the in the piece, kind of like, well, he ended up being even a Dave Chappelle skit, and I right. go, that doesn't really make mm, that's your a little bit good. novelty me for yeah. me. That's yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if that gets you on this list, but but crunk. Is a real thing and really did yeah, change music for sure. for sure. And we we kind of forget, and it's, it's not on here, but um, Little John also did "Tell Me When to Go." Right. Um, oh, right. So he's always had this kind of couple years later, right? Two thousand six. Yeah, two oh six. Yeah. So he's always had this kind of synergy with the Bay, and I'll I'll take it one step further because um, I know you guys didn't listen to this record, but uh, the new Metro Boomin record. I listened to it. Did you the yeah. Twenty One Savage Whisper song? Uh huh. 
Um, everyone thought they were clever on Twitter by calling it the 21 Savage ASMR song. <laughs> wow. Well played. Yeah, I mean, it's not for me, but it's good. But so yeah, it's good for what it is. So the whisper that he does on that, um, people were like, well, you've never heard of the Yin Yang twins. They right. initiated uh, the whisper. I'd like to say for the listeners here, if I take us back in time, the team barrier group uh, had a song called hot in here where they, where they'd whispered the whole shit. Not too long after that, the Yin Yang Twins came out, and we were all a little bit butthurt by that. Mm. That we were like, "Hey, hey, we, that's our thing to whisper." We started whispering. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> Beef. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Little John. I guess who is? Uh, he's actually still around. Oh yeah, he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's doing these records with like DJ Snake and like the, the that was super, a huge super song. Club, yeah, dude. he, he yeah. put out a big record a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. turned down for what? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, no, uh, wasn't there something after? I don't know. Is there? That I was the last one I remember. And uh, like, he still gets the call to do like uh, like hype music for the right. NBA playoffs and stuff. Right. Like, he's fully still engaged, it's, it's, and he has like a he's thriving he's, DJ career. He's eating expensive food on Vice, right? <laughs> yeah, I, on I, there? I, yeah, yeah. I think he, um, which I have issues with. He uh, really, me, but <laughs> his caricature maybe is so large. That's when I see him on here. I go, he created a character that was maybe of any DJ on this list. Perhaps his character is the most mm. um, sticky or iconic. Perhaps, but I do think he's a good hip hop producer. Okay. I don't know if he's an era like you know. I, you, Crunk wasn't our thing. No. So it's hard for us to tell like exactly. How I wasn't he, in Atlanta. But E Forty fucks with him hard, and I yeah, respect E right. Forty's musical opinion. So yeah, I don't sure. know. Okay. Uh, All right, we have fifteen minutes. Two thousand four. <laughs> I have a hard stop in fifteen minutes. <laughs> I like you bringing that layer into. Um, Two thousand four, Kanye West, the college dropout. Um, come on, unfuckable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's heavy record. I think that's is that the one with the John Bryan strings and stuff? No, no, that's that, late that's registration, late yeah. which comes up in two thousand five. Right, which, um, and he went again. He went again. He won again in two thousand five. So if you looked at this list, you would have to come to the conclusion that Kanye West was is the greatest, greatest of all time because he has the most. Because he has the most years that he defined. He has the most years that he can't, but. To me, what and the, you don't in a year like this, you don't subtract for the the whack shit. Right, not yet. Right, we're almost right, there. Right, um, <laughs> but but what I what I think it does say is that when you think about capturing zeitgeist, which you said a bunch of times, um, <laughs> he perfected that. You know what I mean? Because oh, there, there's people that'll go 100. Jesus is just Niggy Tardust or uh, Death Grips, and in a way it is, but it's Kanye going. I see that this sound yeah, yeah, yeah. is what I, you know, he's listening to fucking Fiona Apple records and yeah, going, totally. I need this shit for late right, registration. Right. And I would rather listen to his filtration of that than, than the aforementioned. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Junkyard dog. Y'all um, <laughs> uh, 2006. Uh, loosen that grip a little bit. <laughs> hey, death. 2006. Uh, DJ Toomp. Um, which was T.I. is what you know about that. and Not uh, much, to be honest. Yeah. That's well, not my shit. Uh, proto, kind of proto trap. You know what I mean? Okay. The, the sound. I wasn't heavy into these records, but um, he did a joint on um, on Jay-Z's American Gangster album that kind of was kind of pulled, one? pulled my card. Um, and I think that just turned 10 years old today. Or did something it? Like okay, that? I'm Yesterday decrepit then. Gotcha. I'm really decrepit because I'm like, oh, that just came out. Because I was um, like, fuck. No, no, totally. Yeah, so DJ Toomp, I think it's uh, uh, the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. Say, so yeah, Like, it really okay. had this uh, mm. slap to it. So 
Um, but yeah, I wasn't super plugged into that. Yeah. 2007, Kanye West again, Graduation, Finding Forever, which I think is egregious to include a common record he did. In there, but <laughs> whatever. Um, now, here's where it starts, I think, to get outside the dead bod universe of judgment. So we'll kind of go through these a little quicker. Um, 2008, Drummer Boy. Um, I don't know. Who blank stairs in the house. All yeah. right. 2009. <laughs> is, he really, is he really good with drums? <laughs> apparently. Apparently. Uh, 2009, uh, 40, not E40, but 40, sure. uh, Drake's kind of in-house He guy. makes all those songs I don't like. <laughs> He's very talented. Uh, someone, uh, someone on Twitter kind of dismissively called it just what he does, just like uh, spooky R&B. <laughs> and I'm like, that sounds about right That's to me. I, I, I never listened Actually, to a, a 40 beat. And go, God damn it, he's the guy. Right. Like yeah. even with Metro Boomin, I'll be like, oh, he's kind of the guy. Like right. I, I feel like he makes great um, alley oops for Drake. Right. Mm. Like he understands how Drake yeah. wants to rap and yeah. what they want to totally. do. That in itself is not and, easy to do. And he's he, doing it. And Drake's yeah. one of the defining artists of our time. Right. If but I think if that's he's how he's responsible get, for that. Great. But I think that's how he gets on the list. I think right. if you you don't see a bunch of forty tracks with a lot of other people, I don't know if, if Drake. Cock blocks that or what? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. does Drake let him? Is yeah, that, is yeah, that yeah. The terminology we should <laughs> but, be but using. But I, I never, I've never heard anybody go, "Man, I wish I could get a forty beat." I, I've never, I've never. <laughs> nobody's like, "Oh man, those beats he does." Like you're just right. like, eh. um, 2010, uh, Lex Luger. Um, again, this is a little. That's when trap really starts. Like, is he the yeah. uh, like Waka Flocka and all that stuff? Um, I'm not sure. No, uh, MC, Rick Ross, right? MC Hammer, Rick Ross, see me now, Kanye West. I was like, he produced for MC Hammer in 2010? <laughs> yes. I said the same thing when I read it, which I is like dope. It. I love that. It's um, a bankruptcy trial, yo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Hammer will come for us. Don't play. Um, 2011, uh, 40 again uh, for the Take Care oh, Drake sure. record. Um, 2012, a cat who I do like a lot, Mike Will. Um, he made it. No. <laughs> he did make it, um, which is one of the better tags. Is this for that Miley Cyrus uh, Jordan song? God damn it. Is that that year? How can you bring that into this room at this time, <laughs> at this sensitive time? That's his solo artist song. Yeah. I'm just uh, that's that. under his name. No Lies, Two Chains, Bands Make Her Dance, <laughs> uh, Mercy, Kanye West. Just these He did that one? Yeah. That's a good heavy, beat. Heavy, dark ass that's beats. A good beat. um, I, I love dark beats. Yeah, he's in. I loved his stuff with um, with Kendrick, and he's he's done a lot of cool stuff. He's like one of my new school. Uh, um, he also uh, discovered Ray Shremmerd and does all their stuff. Is that right? Yeah, I, f- oh. I fucks with some Ray Shrem. Do you? Yeah. Do you? I, I always like no think. Type. I That's always think that it's one of Will Smith's children. <laughs> I think it's like Will Smith and the illegitimate <laughs> Will Smith kid. But I'm old, so don't listen to me. Uh, Kanye West for the fifth time, 2013, Yeezus and My Name Is My Name. Um, by Pusha T. I love the beats on My Name Is My Name. Same, same. Yeah. same. Incredible yeah. suite of work. Yep. Um, 2014, uh, Mike Will again uh, for No Flex Zone, No Type, Ray Shremert. Um 2015, Metro Boomin, which of the producer producer tag era, um, which was coined by date. Uh, <laughs> Even though I don't ever heard of any of these dudes. Yeah. <laughs> but if Young Metro don't trust you. There's no uh, mustard on here, huh? No mustard. He oh. he was a he was no mayo He's, either. Yeah. He was a, he was an honorable mention. Okay, on on a couple of these, somebody should get a, an award for the beat for uh, Ty Dolla Sign "Paranoid." I love that hmm. song and I love I that to beat it. to death, dude. 
things like, I didn't think I'd hear Nate say tonight. I um, contain multitudes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2016 Metro Boomin again. Man, he's killing it. So by this list's logic, he is the second best producer of all time. Uh, there's a couple. Wait, RZA shows up twice. Okay, isn't um, that our third Metro? Is Boomin? this our third I Metro? Think it's third. No, I think it's a, it's two. Okay, still. So yeah, no, he's of of the current era. I I think he's he looms large. Father stretched my hands, which I didn't understand oh. that he did. Which is and then Bad and Bougie oh, to me, okay. which was like era the, defining the knock yeah. of sixteen. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then twenty seventeen. The list ends on such an interesting fucking note. No ID. It? Oh wow! No ID yeah, for four four four. That's them reaching back for the dad bod demographic. Yeah, totally right. Right. Four 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 is really good, but was it era I defining? It. I don't know if it's era defining. I don't know either. It wow, it's really it tough to not. do the current stuff. Like it's, right, without right. the gift of hindsight, Foresight. it's really uh, hard yeah. to tell. Yeah, what will really. But last but I from think the the play to choose no ID here is a nod to. Will look good in five years, right. in ten years, for picking him right. instead of Take Keith or right. the, the multitude of. Because some of these guys, if we're going to be real, some of these guys are going to be kind of footnotes when it's all said and done. Yeah, you we'll sure, see. Sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah but and especially because there's no album sales anymore. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. if you lose a metric, are they going to look back and like, man, that was a billion streams? Totally. That totally. dude killed it. <laughs> like, who makes futures beats? Um, a lot of different people. Uh, but uh, Zaytoven, Zaytoven is is um, one of the. He's mentioned as an honorable. He's mention. Gucci's main guy, though, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. know. I didn't, Total prick. This is but, not my world. But a uh, but a great producer and a great fucking pianist. It's it's wild. Excuse like, me. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> That's my second penis reference for this recording so we session. Like to end the shows and these days. Too we're easy. done. This is your weekly reminder to like, subscribe, rate the show, etc. You probably have your phone in your hand right now. You're probably on iTunes. According to our metrics, 74% of you listen on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. It would be like super sick if you wrote us a review. No one's done it yet. We know you're listening. We can see you out there. Write us a review. And also, thanks to Sean Sotero, and you should listen to his podcast. Yeah, the Cypher. The Cypher. He has this like yes. awesome, long-running hip-hop podcast where he interviews important figures from hip-hop's beginning, middle, and um, super thoughtful interviewer, really good interviewer. And because yeah. he's based in New York, he gets to do all these in-person right. interviews um, yeah. with like, just seminal figures. Um, and so we are inspired by and... Um, actually stole some like little editing tricks from the way that he intersperses music <laughs> into his oh, nice. podcast so it's oh, like nice. kind of like we're directly inspired by the cypher which is an awesome show and thank you all for listening as usual that bought rap pod <laughs>